0: The Youthscape podcast. The, the podcast.
1: the Youthscape Podcast. Well, Happy Advent and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast with me, Martin Saunders,
2: and me, Rachel Gardner. And we have no Christmas stuff around at all. I'm feeling very disappointed.
1: That's that's we something we'll out
2: some tinsel. We'll put
1: right. We'll we get will. The, we'll get the tinsel out.
2: So Happy Advent.
1: We've got a we've so got a beautiful fairy, haven't we?
2: We have. Where?
1: I don't know I was going to. I, oh, do you
2: know, I was going to
0: make
1: where, where, a. Where is this fairy? I was going to make a 1970s theme joke, and then I realised that, that it we're no would longer just there. We're
2: full flat. We're not so, in 70s. Uh,
1: so, do you know this is the fullest the studio has been for a while because we have producer Rachel with us. Yes. Um, and we have our guest with us, who we'll introduce in a moment, and we also have uh, new producer, trainee producer Amy.
2: Should we call a Trainee Amy? No, Trainee tra- tra- oh no. Amy.
1: <laughs> trainee Amy.
2: Oh, no. That makes it sound like she really, she really likes trains. Because like, somehow that producer Rachel thing just suddenly happened, didn't it? Yeah. But I don't think I can... can you I
1: can't call, you call a Trainee Amy because eventually she should graduate Amy. to producer oh, Amy. Amy,
2: sorry. We love you, Amy. And she's look, she's done what Rachel Warwick never did. She's bought me a brioche. Actually, wow, 135 Rachel episodes actually, she's regularly brought me coffee the claws are out She's regularly picked me up from trains And she's regularly sorted me out yeah. I love you, Producer Rachel I'm so, just sad that you're going
1: But we've got off on an uneven footing <laughs> with Trainee Amy Because um, she has brought brioche she for was. Producer Rachel uh, for And me. for Host Rachel <laughs> yeah. But there's another member of that Holy Trinity Who does not have any brioche oh. right now
2: no. You don't Oh look, I've got an orange. Satsuma. I've
1: just been handed a satsuma. It's an
2: advent satsuma. Brilliant. Oh Amy, you are so welcome. So Amy is here because, sob sob, producer Rachel is going on to different things and Amy is going to be taking the seat and trying to keep us in control and keep all things going beautifully. Good luck with I know with she that. will, she's awesome.
1: Um, That's amazing. And, uh, and, and training Amy, when does trainee Amy start uh, Like taking over? Producer Rachel still can't speak.
2: She's eating a brioche. What I
1: want to know is... <laughs> I Amy is going to stick
2: He's sorry
1: will uh, will will she speak because producer Rachel has gone yeah. 135 episodes thus far
2: without speaking. without speaking I don't think people think she exists no
1: but she does yeah she
2: does exist
1: and I but we've got a couple we more evidence, we've got a couple
2: more they? with you this is gonna be amazing. So you're eating your satsuma. I'm just gonna eat my satsuma I'm if that's alright. Do you want to introduce it's our guest? It's Advent. and I am I am so excited about this guest for a multiplex of reasons. A multiplex, I, what like a cinema? Like just yeah, just enormous, ginormous. Like we have extraordinary guests in all our hundred and whatever episodes. We have with us today someone who I love so much, who has been in youth ministry his entire working life, who has cheerleaded and encouraged so many of us. He is an absolute legend. And the thing is, you might not have ever heard his name because he's one of these incredible leaders who has just bossed it in his lane. He's slayed in his lane, he's stayed in one area, and he's faithfully served young people there. His name is, and you need to remember this name, Wayne Dixon! I'm doing that a lot of it. That. that was, was the awesome. X
1: Factor voice.
2: But he, he deserves that kind of intro. Wayne, Wayne can, you, can you sing?
1: I can rap. We all know where this podcast going. Can
2: you actually? Can, can you, you actually rap? can you? You're quite I famous can, for this yeah, and slau. yeah,
1: my Zach rap.
2: Well, we will in a minute. You will rap in a minute. So
1: you get ready for that mentally.
2: Can I tell my story about Wayne?
1: Well, why don't you say some more? Because Wayne said plenty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trainee Amy, are you glad you're doing this? Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, so my story about Wayne is years and years and years and years, and years, and years ago when I became the Susby, the school, Scripture Union schools worker in Harrow. I just arrived many many years ago and one of the very first things i did was say to this lovely board of trustees oh the bbc wants to do a tv program about teenagers and sex and they want us to do it and blah, blah, blah. and these wonderful faithful trustees kind of went <laughs> bbc and so they rang up the one person in the area they knew they could trust which was wayne i think wayne you were giving us some oversight weren't you for mm-hmm. the school's ministry and david sewell the chair of the trustees said to wayne dixon should we do this? This is, it sounds disastrous. This could be appalling. It's, we don't. We shouldn't really do. Sounds this. like a man of
1: good judgment. Yeah,
2: good judgment. And Wayne, I can't remember, I don't know what you said, Wayne, but you obviously said yes, because the next trustee, I think the next day, David rang me and said, we're doing it. So Wayne, had you not said, it sounds nuts, it sounds crazy, but you should do it. The amount would never have happened, all this stuff would never have happened. So Wayne, you are an immense man of faith and on the right side of the risk-taking line, I would say. So thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. So Wayne, tell us about you, you've been in SLAM. Yeah. Where is Slough?
0: So Slough is uh, in Berkshire. Very it's good. sometimes described as like halfway between London and Reading. So I live in Slough. Been in Slough 36 years.
2: And all that time, you've been the schools worker. For... Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Not. Ex- I was in Slough initially for a couple of years, and then I did my very first assembly on June the twelfth, nineteen eighty six. Brilliant. So I did that for a couple of years, and then I started officially as a scripturing schools worker in uh, September 1988.
2: So you've stayed put in youth ministry, in one place. For, I mean, this is the dream, isn't it? I mean, this is what we he always say. You are the dream. But this is what we always say, isn't it? Imagine people staying put in one place, in one role, in one calling for a long time. I, oh my goodness, it's Wayne, I
1: want to get straight into a, a, a question there, which is, has that come as a, at a cost for you? staying in youth and schools ministry and uh, you know I, I don't believe that's the highest paid profession going uh, you know and obviously you would have been given opportunities to graduate to proper leadership <laughs> and proper ministry amongst adults um, so has there been a cost to you at staying in there for, for all that time?
0: Um, I don't not that I'm aware of because uh, I guess for me I've, I have just uh, loved it so for me mm-hmm. I, it's just great to be able to go into schools that's that's my heart that's my passion um, i originally wanted to be either a a professional footballer for the arsenal oh uh, really were the you are you make? quite good at football I, I was okay um, but I sadly, I never made it Aww. as a professional. But I played a little bit at school and district. Um, so I went to either be a professional footballer, but that didn't happen, or to be a maths teacher, because that was my favourite subject at school. Wow, that is like
1: you may be the only person who's ever had that shared dream. Yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, <laughs> just recently I attempted to do a GCSE maths paper that I use in this session I do in schools called Exam Attack. And um, I did it. As best I could, my son is alright with maths. He marked it. Uh, I didn't do too well, but I will be using it in schools. Uh, and he went through; his great. Chris, he went through all the answers with me and showed me where I'd gone wrong, and there was quite a few. No, I got some of it right. But yeah, growing up in school, I loved school. And I wanted to be a maths teacher, but sadly, I found the jump from. O levels as I did to A levels, too high, so I just had to hold my hand up, it just wasn't for me. Wow, so I had
2: plans, didn't it? I think, well, clearly, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: then, so why schools ministry? So, you know, you, you call to young people, but why specifically have you spent your career focusing on uh, meeting young people in school?
0: Yeah, well, the story was that um, I was in a job in Maidenhead, very happy there, and a girl at church who was a student at one of the schools, uh, Upton Court Grammar School, she wanted to start a Christian group in her school, so. I was a volunteer youth leader. She said, Wayne, would you come into school to do an assembly? And I said, yeah, I'd like to do that to help start a lunchtime group. So I went in, did this assembly and then said, if anyone's interested in anything that's been said about Jesus, come along today, room five at lunchtime. Turned up, room five, lunchtime and there were two or three of the Christians there. And that was my start. Then I went into a couple of other schools, um, Windsor Girls, Langley Grammar. So for two years, I was going into schools as a visitor uh, just seeing what might happen and then I felt that God was leading and guiding me so I shared it with the minister at the church uh, I'd already been involved as a volunteer on a sports holiday with Scripture Union so I wrote to Scripture Union I'm still in touch with the general director at the time David who's in Australia and uh, they called me up for an interview which was May 1988 and they were happy to take me on and I started September the 1st 1988 in, so what, were you, Haro- what were you then doing
1: in Harrow? What was your what
0: was your work? All oh, right, so no, I was, in, I was working in after sales service uh, for a watch company. Um okay. So jewelers would ring up and they would say things like, "I've got a problem with my V two three six oh oh two oh which is just one of the numbers that was regularly repeated. But you still remember that? I still remember that, and now we're talking over <laughs> thirty years amazing. or so ago. Amazing. Um, so I was doing that, and I yes, yeah, so I was there for two or three years. And in fact, when I was um, going through the process with Scripture, you know, I'd just been promoted in my job and I said to the line manager I'm happy to take this promotion but I may not be here in September subject to churches getting involved in this project and um, so just giving them more than the kind of one month's notice because I didn't know and they had to go through the procedure of being interviewed and then it was subject uh, to local churches being involved in the partnership but when that kind of was coming through I was able to hand in my notice so I left in July had August relatively quiet did a scripture union holiday and then I started in September. So
1: after-sales service for watches.
0: Yeah, after-sales. You service were,
1: market. we might say, a watchman. <laughs> oh, watchman, watchman Wayne. Watchman Wayne. There we go, we're doing, we're doing nicknames fire. today. Yeah. That's training amazing. Amy. <laughs> yeah,
2: training Amy. Jesus and Watchman Wayne. Watchman Wayne. So you've been doing schools ministry in a series of how many schools? Uh, so, Slough?
0: Yeah, well, I said well, Slough Windsor Maidenhead. Because officially yeah. it was going to be Slough, but someone from Maidenhead. They want to get in on Don't yeah. yeah, and I said, of well, my heart was I'll go into any school that invites <laughs> yeah, me to stay the same. Of so officially it became Slough Windsor Maidenhead, yeah. Stroke East Berkshire.
2: And, you, and you've done over your sort of career with that, because I've been sort of Knowing you all this for at least 20 years you've been doing a mixture of the kind of supporting Christian unions RE lessons assemblies that kind of bread and butter which is my background as well but also you've been involved with the LZ7 stuff you've had like these big sort of area-wide evangelistic events which have been like hugely successful in terms of the schools want to get involved and I think because you've had that relationship with the schools Mm. it means these big events come into a context where there good discipleship, good support. So tell us a bit about about that, some of the stories that you've yeah. seen over the years.
0: Well, the first time we did something like this was uh, 2002. A group called Exalt came. That's uh, interesting because one of the uh, band members has got a daughter at one of the schools that I visit now. And uh, they came in and did a week in a school in Maidenhead uh, with a concert on the Friday night. And that worked really well. Uh, churches were involved, yeah, it's good. And then 2010, um, there was a possibility of getting LZ7, and Lynn's the front man of LZ7, used to be a pupil at one of the schools I visit, oh, Altwood. Okay. And uh, so a group of us got together, and I said, well, the schools will be relatively easy if we go to the schools in Maidenhead. I'm sure that they will be happy. It will be done getting churches involved in it, etc. So it was November 2010. We did our first, we called it Christianity Awareness Week. So we had five schools lined up, Altwood, Cots Green, Desborough, First Platte, Newlands. Uh, One day in each school, and then a concert on the Friday night at the local leisure centre. Completely sold out. We could have sold out at least another 400 tickets. Wow. (laughs) Um, So LZ7 did their stuff. Um, I was a bit nervous and apprehensive, like Monday morning, November, wet, cold, Mm. setting up, Uh, but it, it, People loved it. Yeah. I loved it. LZ7 loved it. And people, it had a positive impact. So for me, those weeks, I've been involved in four of them now in the last 10 years. They've been the best weeks I've ever mm-hmm. had oh. in school because of the impact. There have been one or two uh, things that haven't worked as well as we would like to be fair and to be real, like in terms of the, uh, what I call the follow up that we've oh, tr- yeah, attempted yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. But I would definitely, um, we're hoping to do something next autumn uh, back in the main mid schools because it'll be five years since we last did that now under illuminate which is what lz7 are doing so yeah because people still talk about it people still remember it one of the stories goes back to 2010 a year nine student from one of the schools i was doing this hanging around stuff i do in schools at lunchtime and i remember her saying oh lz7 christian group gonna be rubbish (laughs) and i was quite surprised that she was saying that to me and her friends before she'd even seen them so no, anyway, the week came, LZ7 came to their school on whatever day it was. And then the following week, I said, I oh, remember what you said. I'm just interested in what you thought. And she said, "I actually, Wayne, I thought it was going to be rubbish, but it was very good. Yeah. And what I've seen with these weeks uh, with LZ7 is that some of the misconceptions that some young people have. I mean, Lynn's normally tells a story about you thinking of a band coming in yeah. with a guitar singing Kumbaya. and uh, it's a little bit different to that I think what LZ7 do and the way they do it has impact uh, changes lives and there are people uh, some people who I know one who works for UCCF who's become a Christian as a result of LZ7's ministry so I think it's definitely worth doing in partnership with someone like Good LZ7 groups, yeah. and the local churches. And with your kind of experience now of having done
1: that sort of school's mission week a few times, and I yeah. think it's less of a thing now but it's still possible in some context for you to do stuff like that, how do you then, what lessons have you learned about follow up, about building bridges back to the church youth group down the road that doesn't have LZ7, <laughs> just <laughs> has week. you know yeah. Yeah. us, the youth worker yeah. there? How do, you, how do you start to build those bridges so that people can make the transition between one and the other?
0: Yeah, I think the ultimate responsibility lies with the young people who are keen and interested, but we and I have a responsibility to do what we can. So the last three times we've done it, we've deliberately incorporated what I call the initial follow-up session. So like, for example, on the publicity, you say that we'll finish on the Saturday, even though Els seven are going off to Germany or something like that. But we want to try and do something either the Saturday or the Sunday or the following Quite week in yeah, the schools good. for those who are interested. Ah. Um, and we've tried that and it's worked for a handful of people, but okay. not for the majority who have expressed some kind of interest. Um, and I think there are things that maybe that I or we haven't done that we need to think about. But in the end, it is down to the youngsters. We can only do certain amounts because in the end, you're talking about 13-year-olds, 16-year-olds, they've got to be keen on wanting to do that and appreciate there are sometimes issues about if someone does want to find out more and if we should be doing a little bit, being a bit more creative in things like organizing something in costas or mcdonald's because there is a barrier to a typical 15 16 year old to suddenly start coming along to church if they've never been before and i think we need to continue to be creative so if we do do maidenhead uh next october that'll be one of the things that we'll try again as best we can to make it work but it's still worthwhile even if no one responds to the follow-up it's still worthwhile as a standalone event because that's what i've seen over the last 10 years
2: In the, the many years that you've been doing schools, ministries, so you've seen a few generations of young people through, and that's, I guess, yeah. a real beauty that you see like younger siblings and even the kids of the people that you yeah. work with. Yeah. How, how have you seen young people's appetite for Christianity or their knowledge of Christianity change? Like, what, what have been some of those key things that you felt, oh, it's different now, it's how it used to be?
0: The knowledge is the the one thing I pick up. So I I grew up in East London. I, I was going along to, I became a Christian through the London City Mission. So as a child, I learnt and heard about Jesus quite a lot. That is not true of 2019 young people they do not know about Jesus and the example I'll give one of the schools that I visited not too long ago I was doing an assembly I was making reference uh using a bible verse and I put it up on the screen but I just put whatever the verse was it wasn't John three sixteen, yeah, but for the purposes so. of today we'll say say that and at the end I'm, I'm standing at the back as the youngsters and staff are filing out chatting to them wishing them all well and this lad said to me uh what's John 3 16? Yeah. and I thought Okay, that's true. And as I said, that's a statement from the Bible. So from then on, and I try to now, if I'm using a verse, I'll read it, but I'll also put put it on the screen. I'll put in brackets the Bible because Mm -hmm. that taught me that this lad was not familiar. Um, Whereas, you know, I guess most of the people listening to this today... Well, no, yeah. John three sixteen and the Bible. And so that and whereas if I was doing that same thing, maybe 20, 25, 30 years or so ago, mm. there's probably more familiarity. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. In terms of sort of attitude, there's a kind of a, a complacency or it's not for me. Um, you know, most of the schools that I visit, there'll be people of many other faiths or no faith. And um, and I just find some of them, well, yeah, Jesus, church, Christianity, Bible, not really for me. Mm. For me, it's all about other things. And so and sometimes that can be hard work. And as a generalisation, that sometimes, like if I'm going to do a six-form assembly, I love doing six-form assemblies, but it's a little bit harder work mm. trying to communicate with 17, 18-year-olds about Jesus. They're not generally... Interested, But there is what I call a spiritual hunger there. So that's what moves me and motivates me to keep on going and keep and, on trying.
1: And maybe less of the hostility that we would have... But as we were journeying out of Christendom, there was the, the sort of um, residual Christianity and the pushback against that. So teenagers when i was growing up 17 18 that they, they sort of decided to, to um pronounce themselves atheists mm-hmm. and say no i'm re- i'm reject i know what christianity is and i'm hostile about it and i'm rejecting it whereas now i don't know is that is that easier to work with what's um, easier to work with
0: possibly sometimes both sometimes i get what i call a little bit of antagonism and hostility uh sometimes i get the kind of maybe more of the time the complacency or this is not really for me this is you know a hundred years or so ago one of the stats i think i remember using in churches was that in 1904 it was 56 percent of children and young people were in our churches whereas now it's about five percent hence the the reach and the 95 percent that scripture Mm. union did a little survey on and so it's, it's just harder hard work. But I find, particularly if I'm doing an assembly, there is a, a mutual respect. So I know if I go into a year seven, year nine, six form assembly, the majority really won't be interested if mm. I start talking about Jesus and mm. what he said and what he did. But at least in an assembly, they will give me the, the time of day. Mm. And then there's opportunity. That's why I love doing this hanging around stuff where I can go in and chat with students and staff about anything. Mm. And sometimes that will be about Jesus.
2: Mm. Yeah. I remember... 20 years ago, a little bit less, um, when I became a schools worker and had a very early conversation with you. And I was in my early 20s saying, what do I do? I, I, I can do this, I can do this. And then you talked to me about, you called it creative hanging about. And I remember I went back to Harrow and with the team and he said, Let, let's do this. And in those days you could, as long as you got to know the receptionist quite well, yeah, yeah. And, and you signed yourself in and got your little label the school was your domain for a day. If you were hanging around at a class where a certain young person you know is about to be kicked out because they are always kicked out of that lesson. And we found that was so fruitful. And I guess that's interesting because now if we were starting work in a high school, that, can we come in and just hang out in your school? It would need to be a lot more Mm formalised and boundaried and we'd have to come with a lot more knowledge around mental health and kind of inclusion, that kind of stuff. But I guess because you've been in somewhere for such a long time, I guess you can still have that kind of relationship do you mm. do you find that that actually the relationship you have with the schools has largely stayed the same yeah yeah yes
0: I find schools are, are warm and welcoming so my general routine now is that pretty much any of the schools that I visit pretty much any time I can go sign in have a chat with
2: mm-hmm. caretaker receptionist
0: yeah. and then I usually have two or three areas that I visit so six one common room which I love going into and hanging out with six formers there Uh, and then obviously at lunchtime chatting to students and staff and then staff room and i find by going in and because the relationship is there and has been positive and warm they're happy to have me to come in, it's not obviously. If I was just to go into Joe blog school and never been there before, I'd get arrested yeah. and, uh, and end up in uh, prison. But when you've got relationships, I and mean, when head teachers change, so normally, so just recently, a uh, head teacher has changed. I've been in touch, and they said they look forward to uh, meeting me, and then hopefully they'll be happy for me to continue in their school. If they're not then there's not too much I can do about that but that's not normally yeah. been my experience
2: that's yeah. incredible another um, story from you there was a school that um, our little team were working in in North London and they'd had quite a bad experience 10 years before of a Christian group going in and doing some assemblies and I think not being ap- appropriate with, this, with the setting and the rest of it and the school was really adamant they weren't going to have Christians in I remember you saying to me why don't you find ways to pop and visit the school and take refreshments for the staff have legitimate reasons to go there but just focus on the staff room and so we used to go once a week wash up the cups have cakes and things and after a year they let us in the school And i think you've offered i think to so many people wayne that kind of creative thinking actually love the community Mm. don't just go in there because of the stuff that you want to do Mm. learn to love this community and understand how they work and what trust that move at the speed of trust? Because mm. schools move yeah. be at a different speed, don't they? Mm. So you've been just, I think, a real source of wisdom. Yeah, it
0: just reminds me of this uh, uh, one of the schools workers. Yvette was her name. And she used to be a, a teacher, RE teacher in Kent. And her how her story went was that it'd be break time. And um, the bell would go. She would dismiss the class. And by the time she'd dismissed the class, packed up her things, gone to the staff room, which takes about 20 minutes, a slight exaggeration, the bell would go and she'd need to go back. So when she became a schools worker, I think she was a schools worker in both Reading and Wokenham, uh, what she did is, and she I call it tea-making ministry, and so she would go in um, once a week, maybe with a couple of volunteers from one of the local churches, and would offer to make tea and coffee and cake for the staff. And the staff loved it, and she'd do that every week. And even when there was like a conference on or something like that, and she might say, oh, I'm not going to be here next week, I'm on a conference, and then the teacher would say, oh, does that mean no tea coffee cake. <laughs> no, no, sorted, people from the church will be coming oh, wow. in. And it was a way of just serving the school and whether it's something like Ofsted or if they're having a difficult oh, time, yeah. the church can make a big difference. And loads of churches do by sort of just supporting, uh, praying, mm. taking in cakes, offering to make tea, coffee, where it's appropriate and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's about ministry, that's what it's all about.
1: Now, uh, Wayne, you, you uh, worked for Scripture Union for many years. Uh, but you don't anymore. You, you're you're an independent. You've gone rogue. What's the what's the story? Yeah, you're here's
0: here's yeah. So I was with Script Union officially for 25 years, and then I was approached by my line manager at the time, Richard, and Script Union was slightly changing. And he came to see me, and he's basically, he basically says, Wayne, where's your heart? And he knew the answer, and I said, Well, actually, I'm I'm a practitioner. I'm a schools worker. Yeah. And so if I was to stay with Scripture Union, then I wouldn't be able to as much go into do the face-to-face, which was fine. And part of the brief would be this more development role, where you'd go into areas to help churches, which mm. is a good kingdom yes. thing, but mm. not for me. Mm. And so the easy thing, to be fair, and the question you asked me earlier about the cost, the easy thing would have been to stay with Scripture Union. Um, but no, nope, I felt that this was time to... Move, And so a new trust was set up, Christian Connections in Schools, who I've been with for five years. And that enabled me to continue doing the face-to-face work. So I'm still visiting schools, still doing the face-to-face stuff. I'm quite happy to do networking, etc. But my primary calling passion is to be in schools, talking to children, young people Mm. and staff about Jesus.
1: And I know Rachel will be getting tearful now, but this is just such a wonderful kind of like example of what we talk about we talk about on this podcast quite a lot the need for people who are just going to pursue that calling long long term not to not to embarrass you wayne but you how long have you been in youth and children's ministry
0: well okay (laughs) different different numbers if you want so currently i've been full-time as a schools worker this is my 32nd year but i did a couple of years on top of that as a volunteer And I was thinking the other day, the first time I first started doing sort of youth stuff was on a Friday night in Leighton when I was about 15, 16. Uh, uh, we used to run like a, a Friday night youth club, table tennis, badminton, snooker, darts, epilogue, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, but I, usually I'd say over 30 years I've been working in schools. Wow. Wow, amazing. And uh, I mean, at the end, I'm sure
1: Rachel will, she won't be able to help herself, she'll eulogise about me, I, will. <laughs> I will. I'm not going to do that. A um, couple of other things. Now, first of all, Exam Attack. Yeah. So that's quite an exciting project you've developed and been involved in for quite a while. So just tell us a little bit about that. And, and that's something that people can engage with. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. There's, there's a website, examattack.org.uk. Um, what happened was, many years ago, I was aware, every school I went into, uh, from Altwood to Windsor Girls, so it's an A to Z sort of thing. And I was chatting to fifth years in those days, year 11s now, and they were worried, anxious, concerned, stressed about exams. So one day I thought, is there something that I could do as a visitor to the school that might just help? Mm-hmm. Exam Attack was born. I sat down one day, <laughs> I wrote down some thoughts about my highs and lows of exams. Like I said earlier, I wanted to be a maths teacher, but sadly I didn't get the, to pass my A level maths and so i go into a school and I'll just tell some stories. Some are true, some are serious, some are humorous, some are exaggerated but they're all to do with exams and I talk about putting exams in perspective that they are not the be-all and end-all and schools love it I guess because it's someone like myself who's neutral so I'm not head of year, not head teacher but I do care and I, just, I tell some stories. And uh, I just try to put exams in perspective and I'll say things like, your value as a person can never be solely judged on a set of grades. Mm. Um, And then I'll illustrate that with my own stories, uh, stories that I've picked up from teachers, from pupils. Um, And then I've done it in probably 20 different schools over the years. Uh, Typically last year, I guess I probably did it in 15 schools, Mm. mainly for year 11s, but sometimes they say you can do it for year 10s or six forms, I'll do it. for whatever, and then there's a little handout they get at the end, and the probably the biggest single motivating factor is, uh, sadly, there've been a number of suicides mm-hmm. uh, nationally. When people officers, I tell a couple of stories of a couple of students who, if they'd still been alive now, they would be in their mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, both students uh, from two different parts of the country, it's in, reported in the paper, both committed suicide just because of the pressure of exams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sadly, one or two schools that I currently visit, there's been some issues like that. Wow. So I hope as a visitor, and I see it, it's, you know, I don't do exam attack and then um, just tack on and end an assembly. I mean, I do do this Zacchaeus wrap at the end. That's just kind of lighten the load after the stories that I've told. But my hope is that they'll go away. They'll feel a- affirmed and encouraged yeah. and put exams in perspective that they're not the be all, they're not the end all. And before we get to the wrap, how
1: uh, how do people engage with that, so how do all this yeah. engage Yeah,
0: so with on that? the website, uh, there's so a guy called Ben, Ben Rolfe, I asked him because he knows how to do stuff like that, so he, he set up a website, uh, examattack.org.uk, and I think if it still works, there's a kind of recording from one of the schools uh, where I did it, and there's the, a sheet that you can download, and I think the whole script... there or if anyone did want to get in touch but basically anyone can do it in a church for a youth group for year nine year ten year eleven sixth form it's all there and you can personalize it so when Mm. i do it it's personal to me with the stories Uh, there are some general principles and talk to the schools because to be fair schools do similar stuff Um, i think the reason why schools ask me to do it so in september i email the schools and usually most of them say yes please can you come and do it whenever in the Mm. year and i just Mm. go and do this presentation but all the stuff's there amazing
2: we're going to have the wrap in a minute, aren't we? But I, th- I think we need to get our gump out of the way so the final sweet tones that people are listening to is your gorgeous voice. So, little shout-outs, which feels super self-indulgent. Yeah, shall still- I do the shout-outs? Yeah, outs? you do the shout-outs. We you're, you're do shout-outs on,
1: on the podcast. <laughs> i heard one or two. Uh, So, at the moment, we're doing a shout-out to Rachel Gardner, who is a schools worker in Harrow. Yeah. Uh, and also Rachel Gardner, who is a deanery youth? Uh, we don't
2: know either of these. I mean, uh, we've been told they exist in Rygate. <laughs> in Rygate, my local,
1: my local deanery. So hello to Rachel hello. Gardner. We're gonna. And, and if you know Rachel any Gardner. other
2: Martin Saunderses? We need to get. We need to do that, don't we? As well?
1: Do you know the, the the only other Martin Saunders was the lead singer in the Twang.
2: Oh, oh wow yeah I don't know It's pretty good cool. I don't remember the twang but so I'm, I'm not going to so. do a eulogy I'm not going to do a May you, but I am going to do a what I've learned from Wayne is love your local school like love them love all over them get to know the school and I think whether you see yourself as a schools worker or not many of the young people you serve are spending much of their time in that community so get to know that community and pray and serve them and love them as much as you can it's so so important so ladies and gentlemen I have known this man For many many years I have heard tell Of his rapping abilities But I've never heard them So ladies Good. and gentlemen Drum roll It's so Mr Wayne Dixon with his starts rap
0: Oh thank you <laughs> You uh, do not know That I was going there No 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 what, What's the story? Yeah there is a story Let me explain <laughs> oh, okay. so, oh, okay. There so is I'm a story Some random, yeah, yeah. So, a random yeah. rap Yeah What a It well, Normally oh. I, In the high street People say Wayne can you do your Zach rap what, uh-huh. what it was yeah. uh, It was 1991 I was involved In a youth weekend residential uh, with some young people from uh, church in Maidenhead, St. Mary's, and uh, one of the stories that we were looking at was the story of Jesus meeting Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Mm -hmm. So I shared the story, um, and then three girls, Danny, Katie, Nikki, I'm still in touch with Katie. (laughs) So yeah, these three girls from the church, they wrote a rap about Zacchaeus during this weekend. They just Mm. wrote it down, they gave it to me, and I thought, I can use this. Uh, And then someone else, uh, I've mentioned Ben, who did the exam attack. He uh, did this uh, kind of bit of a backing track and music. Oh, sorry, it was his brother, Max, did it. And then I learned it and I've been doing it in schools for 28 years now. I've done it at proms. (laughs) churches high street a thing called lighthouse kidding? this so, is like
1: like when you're a one-hit wonder band yeah yeah and you just get asked to do
0: the same song they asked me to do the same rap. and people now who have left us say wait if you do you still doing your route i say yeah on. And, uh, so it's, on, it's, on, it's on youtube you can check out there's a backing oh, track so if you just type oh, in wayne dixon and zach like- rap
2: like uh,
0: copyright, are we allowed to have you do this now? <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I I do it anyway. So it tells a story. It's four verses. It tells the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, but it was uh, your, your notice from the lyrics that it does go back to 1991 as <laughs> one of the lyrics are. But it, it a Knowles house
1: party <laughs> reference.
0: No. Oh, no. Um, but it, it does work better with the music, but I'm just going to do yeah. it. Are you ready? Way. Do you want some water? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm fine. You're right. Okay, I'm ladies gonna... and gentlemen, no. here he is. 1991. <laughs> Lil Wayne Dixon. <laughs> 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 I want to tell you about a man who collected tax. He kept his accounts in a file of facts. Zach's a name. He was a real short dude. He was a liar and a cheat and incredibly rude. If you want to lose your money, a Zach's a name because he don't care if you're blind or lame. You can't pay your bills. You can't use the phone. Your docs half dead. You can't afford a bone. <laughs> 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 One day, Sad Zach was cruising along and when he saw a large crowd and he thought, hang on, what are all these dudes doing here? I think I'll climb this tree and have a peer. There was a bloke called Jesus standing there with a beard, a robe and long brown hair. Hey, Jesus yelled, the price is right. I'm coming on down to your house tonight. Now, Zach was shocked. His house was a mess. He hadn't even pressed his evening dress. The crowd was sore. The crowd was mad. Come on, dudes, this guy's sad. So they strolled along to Zach's shack where they washed their feet and had a snack as they ate their meal. And Zach thought, hey, I'll follow this Jesus every day. Yo, Jesus said, Zach, I'll give my dosh to the poor. No, better than that, I'll give him four times more. Jesus said, I'll forgive your sin so you'll no longer be on the fringe. And now in this rap, a moral is hidden. Just ask God and your sins will be forgiven. If you don't ask God, well, that's a shame because I finished this rap and so that's all from Wayne. I finished this rap and so that's all from Wayne. I finished yeah. this rap and so that's all from Wayne. What? What? what?
2: The crowd go wild. I can't believe it. That's the first time I've had a rap on the podcast. That's.
1: That, there's nothing else to do now. Build a church.